So good morning, everybody. So I want to talk about what we do to prepare for a Christmas meal. Like at our house, when we're getting ready to host Christmas, we kind of set up the whole area. The first thing we do is we uh, typically bring it down the tree from the attic and we have a fake tree but uh, we, so it's in sections it's not too bad but it's still pretty heavy we bring it down we decorate it we put it up we take the table and we do the extensions and stuff like that and we bring that and then I, then I bring down chairs extra chairs for for our guests coming in so I do all the structural things and then Melanie you know she'll make it look like nice. <laughs> she'll put like the red tablecloth on, she'll put like a centerpiece. We have this one, I don't think we use it for Christmas, but it's like a turkey or a chicken. No, not, not that chicken, okay. But we do like a Christmas centerpiece and we put the nice napkins around and then we put the lights and I decorate outside with the lights. And then the other job I do is I prepare for the meal. I figure out like what the menu is and how we're gonna cook it. And Melanie, she of course organizes when to start making things. I'm just kind of there as gore structurally. Move things around, put it in the oven, take it out of the oven, chop it up, those type of things. So we get it all set for the Christmas table. And that's what I wanna talk about is I'm gonna kind of imagine three different tables. I'm talking about three tables. The first table <laughs> I want you to talk about, or I'm going to talk about, is if you envision having Christmas with John the Baptist. Okay? So if you can just imagine that, and it's all kind of around the setting of Christmas and, and Jesus' birth. Now this is a little after where we're going to meet John. We're going to go John. John was in the desert. So when we're going out to visit John, we're in a very dry and arid land. And it's very, there's no vegetation. It's just a lot of sand and a lot of brown. And as you're walking out there, you have to be very careful. You take a staff and you bang it on the ground. And the reason why you're doing that is you're trying to make sure that if there's any snakes that are <coughs> hidden in the sand that they'll move out of the, your way, especially the vipers. You don't want to step on a viper as you're going to have a meal with John. So, but when you get to, to have the meal and you see the table that John has set before you, basically a barren flat rock that he has, and he has like rocks around the table. And then you look at the menu that's there, and John has different types of bugs insects and they're kind of some are stuck in like like a honeycomb others are big and roasted you can see them as locusts and john he's dressed in his finest he's in camel hair and you can see him and you can smell him but he is there and that's his decorations just some locusts to eat some honey and he's dressed very casually so as we sit down for the the meal, John's conversation is talking about sin. 
Something you always want to talk about at the Christmas meal is the sins that are in your life, the motives behind your heart, and uh, all the things that you're doing. And he is preaching like a jackhammer. He does not hold back. He gives it to you straight. And you know it's true. It makes it very uncomfortable as you're sitting at this table. Then you see some holy people coming, the Pharisees, and you're relieved. Finally, there's some people that are going to bring some normality to this meal. However, John, when he sees them, he talks and says, You brood of vipers! <laughs> and he points at the rocks, basically saying that God can make sons of Abraham out of these rocks that, he's, that you're sitting on. So it's a bit uncomfortable. These these Pharisees, you know, they don't really like what John is saying to them. And it makes for a very, very uncomfortable situation. But however, John goes on to say that he is just preparing the way for someone greater than him. Someone who is going to baptize people, not with just water, which John was encouraging us to go take a dip in the muddy water that we saw, to get repent of our sins. But he said he, there is one that's going to baptize us with the Holy Spirit. He is the one, the Holy One that is coming. So as you leave that Christmas gathering with John and his friends, you leave a bit uncomfortable. But you leave with a little bit of glimmer of hope from what John said at the end. So now moving on, we're going to go to another Christmas table. And this table is King Herod. Now this one is very well decorated. I mean, it is an awesome table in an awesome setting. It's beautifully decorated with silver and gold, not the fake stuff, the real stuff. And the food is just unbelievable. Everything that you can imagine, made by the best cooks and chefs in Jerusalem, and the best cuisine. And you look around and you see all the people that are kind of connected, the high and mighty of Jerusalem. And you kind of want to say, hey, this is going to be a good time. This is more like it. I don't have to worry about stepping on a snake as I come into this place. And then when you get into the conversation, they're all talking about King Herod and what he's done for Jerusalem. He does all these great buildings. He undertook all these great architectural projects. He actually enlarged the temple. He doubled its size and made it even grander than before. He built a whole city just to placate the, the Romans near the sea called Caesarea. It had amphitheaters and all sorts of the greatest stuff. He even had an aqueduct that brought running water to the city. I mean, it was just amazing. And then he talks about he, that we could actually come and visit him in his desert place called Masada. And it was like his, his home away from home, but it was like a thousand feet off the desert. And you can enjoy all the luxury, even though that you were surrounded by such aridness and dryness. And people talked about in all the things that he was doing and how great his architecture is and all this building that gave lots of things for people to do. 
And then as we were enjoying this conversation, enjoying connecting, feeling like we're, 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 we're going to have some good people here that will help us, you know, in this area, all of a sudden some people came in, wise men, kind of like kings from the east. And they brought news that they were following a star. And a star talks about like this new king, this greater king than Herod. And as soon as they told everybody this news, everybody was disturbed. <laughs> you could just see the tension in the room and the anxiety and the fear go up among the guests. And they all looked to see what Herod would say and do. Herod, knowing that he was under the microscope, said, I want to worship this king too. So when you find him, let me know, and I will come and worship him too. However, we left that table a bit with, we could sense the fear and the anxiety that this news brought. And we made our way to a different table, the table of Mary and Joseph in Bethlehem. And as we came to Mary and Joseph's place where they were hosting, they were actually not in a great area. They were not in a great structure. They were actually kind of below ground where the animals were hanging out. And when we got there, we saw their table was very humble. And they had just basic provisions for the meal. And in fact, their baby was sitting in the feeding trough where the animals would typically eat. And their guests were also people that you could see and smell were the shepherds. They were hanging out. However, when we entered it, you know, we sensed something different than we saw at Herod's table. Herod, there was always a sense of anxiety and a little bit of fear behind all the discussion. But here we just sensed a certain peace that prevailed. And the conversations, wow. The, the shepherds were talking about when they were in the fields, all of a sudden, just out of the blue, these angels appeared and told them of glory to God in the highest and on peace, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. They brought this great news of this coming Messiah, this, this baby. And then Mary and Joseph talked about the dreams that they had and visitations from angels and the difficult time that Joseph had taking a wife that was already pregnant and having to believe the unbelievable that she was carrying the Son of God. And Mary talked about her cousin Elizabeth, her son, which we had just visited, that he was going to prepare the way of this coming king. And then while we were there, much later, these wise men that we saw at Herod's table arrived. And they brought gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, very expensive items. And they talked about that they had visited Herod. But we could all sense, and they told that Herod wanted to come and worship him. But we could all sense that this was a lie. And after they departed, an angel told Joseph they were to flee because Herod was going to search not to worship the baby, but to kill him. So even though there was distress after this news, 
There was something very attractive about being with this couple and being in the, at this table. There was like a sense of joy, especially seen through the, through the kings and the shepherds. And you could sense the obedience and faith in Mary and Joseph of following God. It was a very attractive table, even though it was missing a lot of the, the things of the world, spiritually, it was rich. So today, I just described multiple tables that we come and visit from time to time. Which table are you gonna to attend to? Just as Ava shared about her father inviting Jesus and encouraging others to fill that table of your life with the Savior. It's not an easy road at times, as we could see in the story of the last table with Mary and Joseph having to flee, being away from their home in Nazareth because of this uh, Caesar Augustus being in Bethlehem, and then having one of the most powerful men in that area wanting to kill them. It was not going to be easy for them. They would have to go to Egypt to survive. But it's just like following Jesus in our lives. It's not always easy. It's not an easy road. And there's times it will be uncomfortable. But the one thing it does bring you that most people are searching for is like unspeakable joy and uncommon peace in your life and a richness knowing that you're serving God, the creator that made everything and, and accepting this gift that he has given all of us at the table, a savior. Later on in Jesus's ministry, he was teaching his disciples about a parable of a master who had entrusted his servants with things to do. The ones that did well and used the gifts that was given by the master for his kingdom, he said this thing at the end. He says, come and share my master's happiness. So that's the question for today as we looked at these three tables. Are we gonna share and receive Jesus in our lives to walk as we go in life and to follow his call and to use our gifts for his kingdom? Because we all know those other tables. We've always probably been there. They're not very deep and they don't last or withstand the test of time. There's only one meal that will and that's the receiving of Christ our Savior. Let's pray. So Lord, you know, as we come to Christmas and as we prepare to celebrate with our friends, let us not forget the place that you have at that table and that you have that place in our hearts. And let us bring others to receive you so that their lives can be enriched and they can find a thing in life they were all searching is that unspeakable joy and peace. So I pray this for my brothers and sisters, 
They will leave a place for Jesus at their table and receive him in their hearts as Lord and Savior and continue to grow in the knowledge of knowing him and being obedient to his voice. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm just going to bless you as we prepare for the meal. And as it said back in scriptures, in the promise to Abraham that he would bless the whole world, and that blessing comes through Jesus. So when you invite him into your table and into your life and at your table, he will bless you more than you can ever imagine and get what everyone's seeking, that unspeakable joy and that peace because you are now connected with God, the Father, the Creator. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen. If you were moved by today's message, that was the Holy Spirit wooing you to himself. God created the entire universe so that he could be in relationship with us, so that he could be in relationship with you. His son came to the earth. Though he was completely without sin, he died the death of a sinner, took all of our sins upon himself, and was resurrected so that we could have eternal life. All we need to do is accept what he did for us. You can find out more at westchesterchapel.org forward slash salvation. But why not pray with me right now? Lord Jesus, thank you for suffering and dying for me. Thank you that your death atoned for everything that I've done to separate me from you. I pray that you would forgive me of my sins, wash me clean, and Holy Spirit, come into my life and empower me to live for you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we'd love to know about it. Please send an email to info at westchesterchapel.org. Now, our website is under construction right now, so these links may or may not work, but if you go to westchesterchapel.blogspot.com, in the right-hand column, you'll see an article on salvation and a way to get in touch there. If you live in or near Westchester County, we hope you'll join us. Find out when we're meeting at westchesterchapel.org. Again, that website may be under construction, but be patient with us. Also, if you're outside of the area, you can join us on Zoom, and that info will be there as well. But we do encourage you to get plugged into a local body of Christ-centered, Bible-believing Christians. Lord bless you.